would like to welcome a new sponsor to Satellite Sisters. Liz, you know, we say Satellite Sisters. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. Satellite Sisters. It is Sunday, August 12th. What a couple of weeks it's been. This is Liz Dolan. I am in Santa Monica, California. Joining me on the line, Monica Dolan from Portland, Oregon. I I have enjoyed the emails I've gotten from you, Monica, about how little time you were actually devoting to work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Liz. Busted. I was going to say, you know, I, I, I really only watched the Olympics during my lunch and my quote unquote fifteen minute break. Yeah. But it actually extended beyond the fifteen minute break last week. Okay, we're gonna get Monica's Olympic roundup a little bit later in the show. Uh Julie, you're in Dallas, Texas. How are you feeling today? I'm good, Liz. You know, I enjoyed some excellent Olympic watching with you last week in LA. Yes. Uh, but now I'm back. I'm home alone. I have two TV sets on at the same time. I don't know why, but I just don't want to miss anything uh, going on with the Olympics. All right. It's a little bit after 5 o'clock in the afternoon here, Pacific time. So just to explain where we are in the time-space continuum that is Olympic live versus tape-delayed broadcasting, in the time zone where I am and where Monica is, the men's marathon just ended, but the opening ceremony has not begun, right? So, that, so that's, that's where we are. But first, I just want to um, mention that yesterday I had posted on my Facebook page that we had kind of a medical emergency with our father. And a lot of people wrote and emailed and posted things on Facebook. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Here's what happened. You know, our father has... Uh, very advanced Alzheimer's. And about two months ago, we moved him to a 24-7 care facility right here in Los Angeles where they specialize in caring for Alzheimer's patients. And it was going pretty well there for a while. Wouldn't you say, Julie, that it was, we, we felt like, okay, it was wrenching and it was hard, but we were working our way through the transition. Right. We expected if there was going to be a reaction to moving to a memory care unit, it would be immediate. And yeah. it wasn't. Dad seemed to, didn't seem to mind being there. He seemed very pleasant and happy when we visited him there. So we thought things were okay. Yeah, and uh, then and now they're not. A couple of weeks ago, and this and you witnessed some of this when you were here, Julie, last week. Um, our father has started to have these very violent outbursts and spells where he's um, lashing out at the people around him, hitting his caregivers, and obviously that is a terrible thing for him, uh, and uh, terrible also for the nurses and the other caregivers where he lives. Well, yesterday that escalated to the point where we got a call that his his behavior had become so violent that they actually had called the police. They didn't know how to subdue him, and they called the police, and the police had taken him to an L.A. County hospital, and he was on a 24-hour psychiatric hold um, at a hospital here in Los Angeles because he was considered to be dangerous to the people around him. I mean, it was just, that was like, I think that was the worst phone call I ever got in my entire life. And anyone who's been through these kinds of, 
like medical emergencies with members of your family, you know that like the phone rings, you're kind of doing something else, you're like in what you think is your real life, and like 30 seconds later, everything changes. And it was particularly that way yesterday because it just so happened that this weekend, a lot of our cousins are here visiting Los Angeles, and our brother Dick from Bend, Oregon is here with his family. So yesterday afternoon, we were all together on the beach in Hermosa Beach, and we were just having a fantastic afternoon. And it's actually a miracle that I even heard my cell phone ringing. Because, you know, we were just sitting on the beach, the waves were crashing, everyone was laughing and talking. It was... um, you know, it's, I'm shocked that I heard my cell phone at all because we were enjoying ourselves so much. But I, I answered the phone, and this guy said, I'm Dr. So-and-so from blah, blah, blah hospital, and your father is here. And for really, for the first 30 seconds or so, I did not quite comprehend what he was trying to tell me because it seemed so unexpected. But then once we understood what the situation was... Um, our mother and our brother Dick, who was here, the three of us, uh, headed to the hospital. And in the end, it was fine. By the time we got there, he was calm. And then they had to evaluate him medically. And they also evaluated him um, – a psychiatrist needed to evaluate his, his mental state – um, and one of the, the things I learned is that in the, the police will always take you to the hospital if you are acting out violently. They assume you have some kind of mental illness and you need to be in that kind of medical but locked up environment. But the, the psychiatrist who was examining him after we had been there for hours said, well, no, we would, we would never take a dementia patient into a psych ward. Obviously, dementia is not a mental illness the way they think of it. That's a, it's a medical issue. Mm-hmm. But, there, but there's nothing they can do at a hospital medically for Alzheimer's. So, so you're there, and the medical docs are looking at him and saying, we can't really do anything here. The psychiatrists are looking at him saying, we can't do anything here. So we just, in the end, we, we, everything was sorted out and calmed down, and we just took him back to the place where he is living. And by the time we got home, it was as if nothing had happened to him. He didn't, he didn't remember any of it. He, didn't, he wasn't agitated. And it's just one of those things where now we know we are on this roller coaster. Wouldn't you say, sisters, that it's just, yeah. we just we just and don't know what's going to happen next with him medically or emotionally? We had, you know, last week when I was there, um, my, mo- my mom and I went uh, to, to, to visit him. We actually witnessed, you know, him in a highly agitated state. Um, and we have been working with the doctors to get his medication correct. But as anyone who, who takes, you know, those kinds of medications, you know it takes some period of time before you get up to a therapeutic level. And we're obviously not there with Dad. We're obviously, you know, we, maybe we don't have the right prescriptions, the right balance, that's what we've got to work out. But you're right, Liz. It's a total roller coaster. And I think, you know, of all the things, Mom, I was talking to Mom about this. She said, because she goes to a support group for Alzheimer's, and we've all read a lot about Alzheimer's, the disease, because of Dad. And I think people talk about it in the abstract that, uh, you know, that some patients get agitated or they use sort of these soft words to describe what for many patients is a terrible state that they do get violent because they have 
they've kind of lost their way in the world and it's their only way to act out and they yeah they're just terrified right they're just Mm -hmm. terrified they don't understand any of the things that are coming into their brain right and that they don't understand the people around them and these are just basic instincts that they that they have to kind of protect themselves i i guess i don't know but it's you know, people don't talk about this a lot. You know, they, I mean, I think for a lot of patient, Alzheimer's patients, you know, they, they, you know, they, yes, they lose their memory, but they don't have these periods of violence. But this violence is pretty typical. It's not that uncommon, um, but it's, it's really difficult to deal with. We're, you know, very grateful to the caregivers at, uh, at the uh, facility where he is um, because, they are very skilled and patient and experienced. And, you know, hopefully we can just sort through this and get get our dad the right level of medication and the right, get him to a place where he is not, you know, he's not, doesn't feel like he has to act out. Yeah, Monica, you'll appreciate this because you're an RN and you've worked in a hospital for many years and you've you've been in a lot of uncontrolled environments, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. So you've seen you've seen these things playing out. Well, at one point, because there were a lot of doctors that had to look at him and nurses, and it's very hard if you're if if you don't work in a hospital, understand like who some of these people are or what they're doing. Like, who's a nurse? Who's an orderly? Who's a technician? Who's a doctor? And they're just coming and going, like drawing open the curtain, asking you a few questions, jotting something down, and then going away. But at one point, at the very end, because they had to legally take him off this psychiatric hold. The last doctor we saw was a psychiatrist, and he started um, asking a couple of questions, and um, and we explained to our mom that this is this guy's a psychiatrist, and uh, and mom said something about, well, we don't we don't have any doctors in the family, but my son is in the pharmaceutical business. <laughs> My son that is in the pharmaceutical business. Not helpful at all. I know. And I said, and this was a very nice guy. I said, but you know what? Right now we could really use a psychiatrist in the family. If you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for a new set of relatives, like you have a skill we could use right about now. And oh, he, boy. he laughed. It was it just you just have no idea what, what half of these people are doing. Anyway, so um, but so today has been fine so far, but we're just definitely in this phase with our father where we have no idea what the mec- next moment will bring. Um, he is he is getting a lot of excellent care though, so I guess we can I don't know we can have some confidence in that. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. and so can sweet- I just say one more thing, which is I'm so grateful that there are, you know, that we have, we all have each other. You know, Liz, you and I were reflecting on this, that many people go through this alone, that they they are the sole caregiver for their parents, and they are on this same emotional, you know, financial, whatever, roller coaster, uh, caring for their parents, and it's such a heavy burden. I mean, for us, at least, we have the benefit of being able to share it among, you know, a, a right. large group of siblings. 
You know, it's ironic. Today, I had to go to work, uh, and uh, we were shooting. You know, I market a lot of television shows outside the United States, shows that are hits here in the U.S., and one of the shows that I work on is the show New Girl with Zoe Deschanel and, you know, those three guys who are so funny. So it just so happened today we were shooting a spot with Zoe Deschanel and the cast of New Girl. But it was good that our brother Dick is here because Dick could spend the day with Mom to make sure she was okay, and I, I went off and there, to work. And there was something just kind of otherworldly about going from, like, last night, big city, ER, on a hot Saturday night, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And today I'm sitting on the soundstage in Hollywood where they used to shoot <laughs> I Love Lucy. And, <laughs> and, I, and now I'm working on a sitcom today. I was like, this is the nuttiest part of the whole thing. And, you know, it's part of the emotional roller coaster of, okay, now we're, now we're just shooting a sitcom. All right. <laughs> just crazy. Anyway, life does go on. I guess that's the lesson there. Uh, so, Monica, what yes. have you been up to? I know you haven't seen me in a couple of weeks or heard from me in a couple of weeks, but I actually, I had vacation, uh, not last week, but the week before. And what, I mean, it just, I have been full time watching, absorbing, consuming the Olympics. And I have to say, this was like the most brilliant summer Olympics I have ever seen. Really? You're- I liked it about 20 times more than Beijing. And why? Why is that, Monica? Well, part of the reason is I I really invested in the Olympics this time. I mean, I didn't buy any tickets. I didn't I didn't have any pins, but I planned my vacation so it would coincide with the first week of the Olympics, which was the swimming. So I mean, my vacation started that Friday night, the minute I arrived over in bed. And like 20 minutes later, the opening ceremonies um, happen. And the other thing was, I just think London, it just looks so fabulous, Julie. Just like you said, it was so exciting and everything was green and the city looked exciting. And I don't know, there was something about Beijing that just, it always looked sort of polluted. Well, it is. It is. Right. It always looked kind of. Gray, polluted, and it looked hot. I even enjoyed the days in London when it was like cool and cloudy. And then you know, kind of weather, Monica, cool and cloudy. It is, but I was surprised they had, they did have beautiful, beautiful nights for the track and field, which was good. I was happy for those people. And then there was like Kate and Will's and Harry in the stand, Julie, just like you said. I told you they. No matter what the, no, they were, didn't they bring sort of, they were really the frosting on the cake, weren't they? That they were there, they were so enthusiastic, they were at so many events. And I, were- I, I believe that, I mean, Kate, she just, has she gained more hair? <laughs> <laughs> Prince William. I mean, her hair is out of control. You know what? They looked like they were having the time of their lives. And I was thinking, this is probably the best two weeks they're ever going to have as, you know, well, you know, as as, the, as... as future king and queen. Right. Future king and queen. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. And, you know, Kate, she loved the sport. She was quite sporty there in in high school and college. So they just looked fabulous. And the other thing was, you know, I originally 
I'm sort of a purist. I like to watch the NBC primetime coverage. And I went into what I thought was a news blackout because you had to. Because the minute you opened up your Yahoo or yeah. the New York Times.com, I would open up like the New York Times.com and I would literally say to myself, I would scroll to the bottom and I would say, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. <laughs> Because I just didn't want to know the results. I wanted to see them in prime time. And I was, you know, screaming and yelling there by myself in that little house in Ben. But then I realized I just couldn't keep up. I just, I, I, I couldn't stay up late enough. And Liz, when you told me about NBCOlympics.com, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that changed my life forever. <laughs> Julia, Julia, I sent Monica an email saying, by the way, you're sitting in the house in Bend. Our cable provider there is Bend Broadband. Here's the login so that you can watch all the Olympics coverage online because we are subscribers to Bend Broadband. And it opened up a whole new world to you, Monica, didn't well, it? Well, I poo-pooed that email at first, Liz. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm not doing that. That's silly. I'm not going to watch live stream of events before they happen the night before. But once I got hooked into that, I mean, it was just amazing. I saw, I, I was watching men's trampoline. I saw all the, you could, that. You, about that event? We saw some of that crazy trampolining too, Liz. Yes, yes, we did. I mean, I was watching equestrian jumping. I saw the crooked badminton players. And all of this was online, like in the privacy of my own little living room. It was just Amazing. I saw every single interview with every single athlete. And I have to say, you know, one of the highlights for my first week was uh, Ryan Lochte winning the 400 meter individual medley. I think he's an absolute beast. He's amazing. And Liz, didn't I tell you? I thought he was the best looking man in America. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, well, after seeing like 23 interviews with Ryan Lochte, um, he should just stay in the pool. <laughs> he should just just come up on the pool deck, Ryan, smile your million-dollar smile, and then walk away. Um, it's true. But- he's, he's not the brightest bulb, but he does seem to enjoy himself. And- oh, gosh. He loves swimming. He had yes. a wonderful time. I, I, the swimming was amazing, but I think the track and field was really just unbelievable. It was unbelievably <laughs> wonderful. What was your favorite event? Did you have, what for you was the highlight of uh, track and field? Well, of, of the track and field, I have to say just recently, which would be last night, uh, <laughs> the women, women winning the four by 100 relay. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Allison Felix, who is the most amazing runner I've ever seen. And of course, I was watching a feed one day with a British announcer, and he said, Watching her is like poetry in motion. I said, Yes, it is. That's what I loved about those NBC feeds. Sometimes you got the British announcers. Yeah. Uh, but Allison Felix, who has the million dollar smile, she's just so amazing. She said that was the most exciting thing that had ever happened in her life. Oh, that's, I get chills just hearing you say that. Yeah. Well, I started to cry. <laughs> I mean, I cried almost every night. I mean, let's just talk about Oscar Batorius. Oh, my God. Amazing. South African guy. I mean, I, at first, I, you know, when I, they said he was going to be running on those um, springs, I was like, oh, well, he's a cheater. But then <laughs> once I got into his story, I could not get enough of that guy. He was such an amazing runner. I know. That, what? 
I know. I totally agree with you, Monica. I'm 100%. I was just so moved by his personal story. I agree. Yeah, and he just loves running and loves the sport and wanted to compete against the best of the world, and that's what he got to do. Now, I didn't know that men's 10-meter platform diving could be such a nail-biter. I I don't know if you saw the competition last night. It was insane. Really? Oh, Liz, you definitely got to watch, rewatch that. I mean, I go on, Monica, tell the story. The story is the American took gold, that guy, David Budaya. Uh uh, First of all, I saw every, I I saw the preliminaries of that event, and he was 18th, and it was only the top 18 qualifiers that moved on to the semifinals, and then the finals. He beat the Chinese guy, who everyone thought that was going to win. At at one point last night, I was literally yelling at Cynthia Potter. (laughs) (laughs) She is scary. I just, I, I came to my limit with Cynthia. And she said, she, oh, she said, oh, that was executed very poorly. And at one point I just started screaming at Cynthia Potter. I don't think she said are not on the inner circle. She does the, she was doing the technical commentary for the diving, but uh, she sounds like one of our satellite sisters said she sounds like Nancy Grace. And I, and I agree. I think that's right. She sounds exactly like Nancy Grace. You're just afraid she's going to say top mom. Although she she is very knowledgeable, and the other thing about that men's uh, 10-meter platform diving that was so wonderful is that adorable Tom Daly, who is sort of everyone's favorite athlete in Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah, the dark-haired, the cute little British guy. An idol. Well, he ended up meddling. Oh, good. Oh, good. He was so excited to win the bronze medal that he and all of his coaches jumped in the pool at the end. He was delighted. His mom was delighted. His brothers were delighted. Yeah, it was that, that really, that, that one event, Monica, sort of epitomized what I loved about this whole Olympics. The U.S. won. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's important. Well, it was, and an underdog, he was, he was, it was unexpected. Well, the U.S. won. We beat China. The Chinese divers just collapsed under the pressure. They did, Julie. And, and, you know, Cynthia did call that, so I'm going to give her props for that. She said they do come apart under pressure. This is very good geopolitical information that I think our State Department needs to know, that the Chinese collapse under (laughs) pressure. Number three, the Brits did really well. That was the whole Olympics right there. U.S. won. We beat the Chinese, and the Brits had a great, did a great job. So that that was it. I agree, Monica. Yeah, that was one of my favorite events. And then the other moment that I loved from this weekend, well, you know, all the track and field I love. I have to say, um, okay, Usain Bolt, he can really run fast. It's amazing. It's like he has rockets in his legs. Yeah. But I just got a little bit sick of the I'm a legend thing. I came here to make myself a legend. I just, he's just a little bit too cocky for me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, it's true. I think the I'm a legend thing, that's something that you're supposed to let other people say about you, right? That's not the kind of thing you say about yourself. 
But then again, if he wasn't that cocky, there's something like that personality type. It's just like maybe you have to be that personality type to be as great as he is. I don't know. I, so I like the – I heard, of course, again, I did not see this because it was last night and I was in an emergency room, but the – the men's four by was it the four by one hundred yes. relay that that Jamaica won. I heard that was awesome too. Yes, it was awesome. Yeah, world record. Mm-hmm. He is a legend. It I, was I'm, wonderful. And you know what else I really loved from just last night? I mean, I know I have watched two weeks straight, but I just keep thinking about last night. All right. First of all, I just don't understand how people can go over the high bar. How? <laughs> no, I. That is the most amazing sport in track and field. How people run and jump more than six feet, just from standing, just from the ground. It's just, it's mesmerizing to me. But, and, and, you know, of course, this Russian supermodel in the women's high bar. She's amazing. Truly, she was amazing. This Russian supermodel won, who was like 6'4". But, Liz, the silver, you have to see this. It was this amazing American girl. She was the NCAA champion. Her name was Brigida Barrett, and she just was so excited. She was screaming. She was running around the track. She was thanking God. She was out of her mind. She was so happy. So that was just an amazing thing. And I have to say, I know Leon poo-pooed the, um, the synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm. And, okay, after seeing the Russian duets which they were the scary marionettes. Did you see that? I did not see that. Uh, listen, see, I'm, I'm totally with you on the synchronized swimming. That is my new incredible um, fan of that sport, Monica. They are amazing at <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because they, they creeped me out a lot. <laughs> But I, I, Julie, I saw the team synchronized swimming. Yes. That was mind-blowing, Okay. Spain in those silver fish scale bathing suits, which I predict will be a trend for next summer. <laughs> fish scale, metallic fish scale bathing suits. Um, and they did this routine, Liz, where they were sea monsters. You have to see it on NBCOlympics.com because they were amazing. It was very, very, it was, it was very thrilling. I, I, I thought they were just absolutely wonderful. You know, one of the goals of, you know, the British, uh, when they were trying to get the bid for the Olympics, they said what they wanted to do, one of their goals was to inspire a whole generation uh, to go into sports. And, Monica, I was watching the team. um, um, uh, uh, Synchronized swimming? Synchronized swimming with my granddaughter, Alice. And that's her sport. (laughs) just loved it. She loved the costumes, but she was also like totally impressed with the throws, you know, the, you know, the pirouettes that they do in the air. I mean, she was mesmerized by it. And I thought there's a sport for every child. Okay. Maybe not everybody wants to do synchronized swimming or Liam got pretty down on rhythmic gymnastics. But, you know, for for each child, there is a sport that really thrills them. And that, you know, it was fun to see that with my granddaughter. And yeah. how is Alice at holding her breath? <laughs> because if you start training at four at that, you can get pretty good, Monica. I mean, those women are underwater for like three and a half minutes holding their breath. It, 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 it's pretty amazing. 
So what? So what are you going to do now that it's all over? Like Monica, Julie, like what's? How does life go on after the Olympics? I I'm afraid to find out. <laughs> I, I mean, I still have tonight. I'm going to be so depressed next week. Okay. Well, Monica, here is here is I've been thinking about that because I I'm trying to sort of. I usually go into some post-Olympic depression. So here are the three things that I am going to do post-Olympics. First of all, I'm sure, Monica, you may have seen this, but you can go to YouTube and you can watch the U.S. swim team and do uh, see their cover of Call Me Maybe. Have you yes. seen it? Oh, I have watched that so many times. That is, <laughs> that is so adorable. It is adorable. I've it's seen just, it. It's, I mean... I, I plan to, I think that this is really going to help us get through this next week. Okay, so just watch it as many times as you need to. Anytime you sort of feel yourself going into a low, you know, you just don't know what to do. Okay, go, go watch that because that, it's just adorable. They're so cute and so fresh and it's so, it's so fun. I love that. Okay, second thing. Now, Liz, you're a little closer to this because I know you live in California and, uh, you know, the Pasadena, they were organizing that whole Mars exposition with the Curiosity landing on Mars. I really, I'm embarrassed to say, I just really didn't get into it at all during these past two weeks. Between Dad and the Olympics, those were the only two topics that I could really handle. So I plan (laughs) to devote some time to curiosity next week. I'm going to go back. I want to look at the pictures. I want to relive the highlights of the landing. You know, I, I think there's, I think that is going to be a good activity for a lot of Americans that are looking for something to watch next week because, because you know, there's going to be nothing on TV, right? Right. That's a good one, Julie, because, you know, according to your standards, um, it's America wins in this one. Like putting, putting curiosity <laughs> on Mars, like, there's a gold medal, and there's no silver, no bronze. Nobody else is even attempting this event. So we and beat China. We- okay. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, the, I've been following Mars Curiosity on Twitter, so you can also do that, Julie. Just go to hashtag Mars Curiosity, and Curiosity talks to you every day. And you get some very nice chatty messages from just what's shaken on the surface of Mars. So you will enjoy that. Okay, well that, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And now the third thing, which I know, sisters, we all have been reading this every single day, but Leanne at Chaos Chronicles, who has been doing the random thoughts for the, for the Olympics, I actually went through, I went through tonight before, before we did this podcast, just picked out some of my favorite stuff that she had on there. Okay, first of all, during, I mean, there were a lot of people streaming during the opening ceremonies, but Leanne, she just sort of nailed it. She, she said, even Mary Poppins can't save this event. Okay. <laughs> so Leanne, the eccentricity of the opening ceremonies, it was just, it was too much for Leanne. So she, she did that. But each day, if you have not done this, go to chaoschronicles.com and you can read these. I mean, when she was like, all over the equestrian events, she wrote that hats off to Zara Phillips, Zara Phillips, a royal who can actually do something. And <laughs> then she confuses Camilla with a horse. Okay, whatever you do, read day four of Leon's random thoughts about Chaos Chronicles because she was trying. This is when Leon and her son are lost in the time space continuum. 
As you know, if you're a Chaos Chronicles fan, her son was home with Mono. So he's on the couch. They have the TV on. They're also watching, streaming the live events. They're also um, recording other events on other channels. And there is a conversation that Leon writes about, about whether they're watching something live or is it taped or it's going to be live tonight at 8. It's hilarious. (laughs) Okay, that's a good one. Nails. She totally nails the media people in this. I mean, Ryan Seacrest, okay, doing sports. At first, Leanne, at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the two weeks, Leanne's a little enthusiastic about Ryan. Yes, she was. We talked about Ryan on the show two weeks ago when Leanne was on. She was very pro-Ryan. I was already very anti-Ryan because it seemed to me the only thing he wanted to talk to any of the athletes about was Justin Bieber. (laughs) And you're just going to have to get another question, Ryan. And I think over the course of the whole two weeks, he didn't. Yes, no. So she, she, she really goes sour on Ryan. Okay, she totally nails Chris Collinsworth. Have been, did any of you see him during any of the Olympic coverage? Okay, well, Leanne just hates Chris Collinsworth anyway. Like, this is a year, years-long vendetta. She just has an issue with Chris Collinsworth. Okay, well, she said he did nothing at the Olympics and that he apparently was on an NBC boondoggle. But I think her pithiest comments were left for Bruce Jenner, where she wrote, as someone who doesn't watch anything Kardashian... I was ill-prepared to see the surgical mess called Bruce Jenner. It was hard to explain to our child who that was and why he mattered after seeing that young girl's nose on his face. (laughs) I mean, I, I could just go on. I could not even pick out. Ten of my favorite of my favorite things. I mean, even just her comments. She wrote about. Did you see those men in canoes with the giant paddles? <laughs> That's all I have to say about this. Excuse me. Did you see that sport? I don't know. I didn't see that. What sport is that? I don't know. Kayaking. Oh. It's, yes. Oh yeah. That. Oh, you got to see that, Liz. It's all on NBC. <laughs> Olympics.com. Oh, I like the fact that she did mention, and it was one of the highlights of the game for me, the men's track and field, how the guys, two guys who came gold and silver in the 110 meters, they're bringing sexy back to the track. (laughs) Those U.S. sprinters and hurdlers were the best-looking men I have ever seen in my life. Except for Ryan Lochte. Except for Ryan Lochte, okay? (laughs) There's one swimmer. But those red jumpsuits, you know, rompers they were wearing, oh, my gosh. I mean, and the the women, the women uh, uh, sprinters, the U.S. women sprinters, they're so gorgeous. They are. It's fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful hair. I, I mean, they they were spectacular. Well, anyway, so that's what I plan to do this coming week, okay? So I am just going to continually read, reread the Chaos Chronicles because each time, even although I've read them a couple of times, there, I always there's always like one more little gem that comes out, like Leanne wrote about the Carolis. She said yeah. she, she doesn't trust them. <laughs> She doesn't trust those two. I don't know why, but that's it. So, I mean, just just read on. That I think that's going to help you get over, you know, the Olympics because you know this the one. Emptiness that's going to take place in my life next week. I know. I know. Well, so. I'm actually feeling good about it, listening to you guys, because I have so much of this stuff 
TiVoed and haven't had a chance to look at it yet, plus NBCOlympics.com. In my own time-space warp, I can keep the Olympics going probably for another two or three weeks at my house, right? I can just play the music for myself every night, watch a couple of events, really get in the spirit. The one, one of the things I'm afraid of is I do a lot of work with people in the London office of my company. And, you know, Julie, you've spent a lot of time there over the years. The, Brit- the British can be extremely cynical, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. They were very cynical about the games and, you know, they thought they were going to be terrible. And, you know, they're, they're, they've lost a lot of, you know, they, they invest very heavily in soccer and their soccer team or their football team never really does very well in the World Cup. So they're always very depressed about sports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, so I'm used to dealing with these cynical UK people, like my opposite number over there, and all kinds of people that I have email contact with every day. Well, I'm telling you, for the last two weeks, it was as if someone had hacked into all of their accounts. I was, I was getting these emails about how, like, I am so enjoying the vibe here. It just could not be better. This is so much fun. And I'm responding like, who are you? You can't possibly be the person that I normally get email from. So it's, I hope they don't go into too much of a crash. I hope maybe this gives birth to a uh, sort of British era of optimism because they always mock Americans for being so enthusiastic and so optimistic, right? They think that we're so too gee whiz for our own good. Very Pollyanna. They think that's they always think we're very yeah, Pollyanna. Yeah, so yeah. the I'm kind of afraid of that. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Julie, because you used to live in Russia, uh, you know, we've been to a couple of Winter Olympics. Monica and I, we both went to the Lake Placid Olympics and Salt Lake City, right, Monica? Yes, we did. Two, two Winter Olympics under our belts. Yeah. Yeah, so is there any reason why we should be penciling in Sochi? It's, it's like, it's not appealing as a place, but then again, it is the Olympics. Well, I mean, I think it's, I don't know how, I think you're going to have to fly Aeroflot to get there. Okay. Oh, so, well. <laughs> okay, then that would be a no. Pencil, pencil that in. Okay, then I'm just going to focus on Brazil 2016. I, I have not been to Sochi. It's supposed to be a beautiful resort town where you have both the ocean and the mountains. It was reserved for, you know, the very elite of the Russians uh, during during the Soviet period. Um, and, and supposedly they're going to tra- transform all those horrible Soviet hotels that they have in Sochi into some world-class place. So I think they want to do a good Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. So... But it would be much more, I mean, you, you, you'll have more fun, I think, in Rio. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. So my, my, I have two goals for Rio, well, three, because one is to attend. Uh, but my second goal is I want someone I know to make that trampoline team. You know, <laughs> I just, I just think it's the kind of sport where even if you started now, you could qualify for the Olympics in three or four years. Just you know, it's just, what? Just start bouncing. Just start bouncing now. I mean, it doesn't... It seemed like it was the same move over and over and over. I mean, I'm no expert on the trampoline, but it seemed like they just would whoop, go up, do the same thing, come down, and go right back up again. Well, maybe trampoline needs its own Cynthia Potter, Monica. Maybe they need a trampoline analyst who can help us understand why this is all so hard. So uh, I would like somebody I know to compete in the trampoline, and I would like Brazil 2016 to be 
Ryan Seacrest free. I don't you think? I think we have, like, I think he showed what he was made of this time around. And there's nobody better on a red carpet. Ryan, I love you, man. I want, you know, E, that's where you belong. But the sort of transition over to the sporting world, I just, I just don't want to see Ryan Seacrest in Rio. So that is my only request. But, but we do want to see Ryan Lochte. Oh, Ryan Lochte, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he said he was going. He said he was going, so I'm planning on going. Okay. He's not, I, heard, I heard he wants a reality TV show. That's what I heard, that uh, he's, uh, he's in discussions for a reality t- TV show. Oh, Ryan, don't do that. Just, <laughs> oh, you don't need to do that. Just teach swimming like Michael Phelps is doing. <laughs> yeah, that that could be too much, Ryan. You think you don't? Yeah. yeah, he does not really stand up to a lot of scrutiny. It's okay for him just to be some kind of two D figure. We don't need like the uh, to go deep with Ryan Lochte. Right. We don't need and we don't need Ryan Lochte unscripted. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. He's just stay in the pool. Oh, he's coming to Hollywood, Liz. I saw the interview. Maybe it was with the other Ryan. He said he's coming right to Hollywood. That's his next plan. And he's in discussions for a reality TV show. Perhaps your network would like to pick it up. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to ha- have to wrap it up here. So I just want to mention that I have not seen the closing ceremony yet. Monica, I assume you haven't either. Oh, saving it for tonight. And Julie, have you seen any of it? No. Oh, we got to finish this up so I can start watching. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've, I've seen some of the headlines about it. You know, there are no spoilers in the closing ceremony. So Spice Girls, Pet Shop Boys, they're both in it. I think that's good. Monica, did you hear that Liam Gallagher makes a return? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, Liam. I, I was happy to see Annie Lennox made the cut for this. So I'm very exciting to see the closing ceremony. The stills that I've seen make it look like it's visually just amazing. So I'll, I'll close it all out tonight. And then tomorrow, I'll just start watching everything I missed for the last two weeks. So I can, I can keep doing Olympic reports here on Satellite Sisters <laughs> if there's any interest in that. Uh, anything else we needed to cover, team? Nope. Team. I think that's it. That's it. Team USA. Okay. <laughs> Team USA. Remember, anyone out there in the Satellite Sisterhood, if you think you have a chance of making the trampoline team in 2016, we're going to throw our weight fully behind you. <laughs> so email us. Go to SatelliteSisters.com and email us or post it on our Facebook group. If you're not already a member there, join the Satellite Sisters group. Or you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. Uh, so, you know, trampoline 2016. We just want to see some sisters jumping up and down, okay? And uh, all right, girls. Well, this was fun. This yes. was fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.